Hey y'all, this is Justin Mitchell from the Sun-Herald in Biloxi, Mississippi. And this is Out Here in America. This week, we're looking at what happens when you're outed before you have the chance to come out yourself. That opportunity that should have been mine was taken away from me. That's Shelby Peranich. She grew up in Pass Christian, just a few miles from Biloxi. She didn't have control of her own coming out story and was forced to tell her friends and family the truth in a way she never thought would happen. I can't ever take those words back and be able to piece it together the way I wanted them to come out. Shelby eventually left home for college and met a sorority sister who became more than just a friend. They now live together in Memphis, a progressive city by Tennessee's standards. But when Shelby comes back to visit Pass Christian, she can't help but wonder if she could have done more to help that community thrive here when she had the chance. She says maybe she could help someone else's coming out story be told the way they want it to. All of the wonderful things that are developing and happening here for the LGBTQ community missed me. Shelby and I met near her childhood home to talk about her memories of past Christian, how life is different today in Memphis, and what her coming out story would sound like if she had the chance to tell it the right way. Stick around on Out Here in America. How long have you been in Memphis? Probably a little over a year. April 2017. Okay, so first and foremost, is it weird not being by water? Like so actually, it is weird not being by salt water, but we live on a area of Memphis called Mud Island, and it's on the Mississippi River. Okay. And so I can walk out of the apartment and see the river. So that gives me enough of a fix, but it's weird not being by a big body of water. Do you feel like when you're like coming home, you can start smelling the salt water? Yes. And you're just like, yes. Yes. As soon as I hit like North Gulfport, I'm like, here we are. So why did you move to Memphis? I wanted a ready-made, close in proximity LGBT community that I didn't have to work really hard to seek out, if that makes sense. And Memphis has that. It's nice to live in a blue dot. I really needed that. So it's just a myriad of reasons, but I would say the two biggest are probably the community aspect and the work aspect. Can you talk a little bit maybe about the community in Memphis and how it's different from somewhere like here on the Mississippi coast where it's still kind of fragmented, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I also think that the coast's LGBTQ community is fragmented because of how far the coast spans too. It's hard to connect with people in Biloxi when you live in the Bay. Um, people don't realize how far that can be to travel, I think, but in Memphis, it's a smaller area. So everything is in Midtown. Um, everything LGBTQ related is in Midtown. Everything is concentrated in one area. So it's a little easier to get to know people. It's easier to find people. LGBTQ spaces are, they're easily accessible. It is really hard. That's one thing about here on the coast. And there's also like just gay bars. So mm -hmm. like what else do we have here? And people are trying, but there really isn't anything else besides a bar. Yeah. And so what do you do if you don't want to go to a bar? I was in college at Mississippi State, and then I went straight to grad school at Ole Miss. And all of these things developed and started really happening, and I started hearing about them when I was already on my way out. 
So I kind of missed experiencing that part, that part of the culture that does exist down here. And I wish I hadn't, but backtracking to experience it now, I don't even know where to begin. When you were in high school, was there any kind of gay community for you here, for young teens? No, not that I know of, and I surely didn't seek it out. Yeah. No. Were you out in high school? I wasn't. So I didn't come out until I was 21 or 22. So it's been three or four years since I came out. I was outed though, so it, it didn't happen the way I wanted it to happen. I kind of started having questions when I was around 15, thinking like, do I like women as more than just friends? But they all revolved around one particular person, those questions did. So it's a lot easier for me to be like, no, I just think she's really cool, or um, I just wanna be like her, and that's why I feel this way. But as I continued to get older, obviously that didn't go away, and it was easier to push it away when it was just one person. But then when you get to college, and there are more people, it's harder. It was harder to ignore it, and then when I was um, like 21, 22, that the decision, I didn't get the choice to come out. That's so tragic. I mean, how would you cope with that? The short answer is I still haven't confronted it. I don't know how to even begin unpacking something like that. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't deal with it is the best way <laughs> to, to answer that. Was it done in a way to where like your family found out too, or was it just friends, or was yes. it everyone at once? So let me backtrack a little. So when I was a junior in college, um, I met my now significant other, partner, girlfriend, whatever term you choose to use, and we started dating, kept it quiet. It was the first real relationship that I had had where I felt this is validating thoughts I had going back to when I was like 15, but now I'm finally acting on it. So I kept it quiet, told close friends and things like that. And I had always intended to come out during graduate school, um, had moved past a more conservative community that I felt like Mississippi State was and be able to distance myself a little after I sat my family down and said, like, this is who I am. And I felt like that distance would help a little bit. So you had a plan. So I had a plan to enact all of it. But then I graduated from college and we were still dating and her sister ended up outing both of us. Um, I don't know what happened. I guess a, just a switch flipped of some sort and she, told her family and then my family essentially started calling my family, finding their contact information and calling them and telling them. So I was able to tell some of my family first for them to hear it from me, but some I didn't get to. And so I didn't have the chance to sit them down and say, this is who I am. I, it was rushed and it wasn't the way that I wanted to do it and it didn't go like I expected it to or or and it also didn't go the way I think it would have had I gotten the chance to sit down it's a lot different when it's from you as a person yeah because your family knows you 
who you are. You know, it's, I, I just don't even know how to process those feelings because it took me a long time to, to have it all taken away and to live in a place like this because this, yeah. this isn't like New York or for people who live in liberal areas or big cities. People here aren't exposed to gay people. No. And they just don't, they have no idea how to react. Yeah, no. When I say that I haven't dealt with it, it's something that I, that will always just be what it is, is what I mean. There's nothing I can do to change the experience. So it's just something that is what it is. I'm happy with the way that things are now. I feel like I can be myself in Memphis. I feel like when I come here, I can still be myself. But if I, I don't know that I could live here anytime soon because that shame, I, I feel like that shame exists from my family still. So you think your family doesn't fully accept who you are? I think that, you know, select people in my family. I don't want to generalize everyone. Some people are cooler than other people. But I feel like if I lived here, I would ha I would live in a blanket of feeling ashamed because I think that they feel ashamed by it. Why do you think it took you, you had a plan to come out in grad school. So you're, you're saying like 23, 24 years old, essentially. Mm -hmm. Why do you think it took you so long to get to that point to be comfortable with even coming out to your family, even though it didn't happen the way that you thought it would? I was, okay, so I was in a sorority and lived in my sorority house at Mississippi State. And so I were always worried that if I blew the doors open and told all of my friends and all of my family, that that would be the first point of contention for me, that that would be the first place where I felt that shame. So that was definitely a reason to not say anything, but also it's just scary. I wanted to be able to say, this is who I am, and then be able to go back to school, to give it some time and give it some distance. It's hard to face that after you've said it. So I think that a lot of it was timing but also, I was not in an environment in college to be able to be my true, authentic self. Yeah. So were there any LGBT people in sororities at Mississippi State at the time that you were there that you even knew or that were openly out? Besides my still and then girlfriend, um, I don't know of anyone that was out, but I do know that there were others. Yeah, that seems to be like a trend in the, in the South. Yeah. And I feel like women always get so overlooked though when when we're talking about Greek life and LGBT culture in general, like it's always about the undercover brothers, you know, yeah. and like the- It is. It's, yeah. I feel like all apps are geared towards men, like <laughs> especially so gay apps. You just have to like find, it's like, how did you meet your partner? So we, have a more organic story. We met freshman year. Her random roommate was one of my best friends from high school. And so we met each other like that, but we didn't start dating until junior year. So it was just kind of navigating the friendship as it went along and realizing like she feels the same way about me. I just don't know what she would label it or herself. 
So, I mean, that was more organic. Now, on the other piece of how do you meet, how do lesbians meet other people, especially in Greek life or in college or anything, I mean, we have Bumble and Tinder and Her and whatever the other apps are that no, I feel like no one really uses. So that happens, but there would have been no way for me to have just known, I don't think, that another woman in the Greek community was also a lesbian. Like, I don't know, I don't even know how I would have gone about that. Was it hard for you to, like, navigate life at that point in time? Yeah, before I came out, I mean, was different. Afterwards, yes, because then I'm not only navigating a new relationship, I'm navigating now being in a same-sex relationship and also being in college and also being in the Greek community and also presenting very feminine. Yeah. I mean, there are these preconceived notions about lesbians. Like, the two of you don't, like, look like what society labels as typical lesbians, you know? I feel like also that fosters, like, this sense of where, like, men can come in and be like, you're not really gay. Oh, yeah, that's still... (laughs) That happened a lot in college, still happened a lot in graduate school. Happens less now, but honestly, it's because I've stopped surrounding myself with straight men to tell me that. (laughs) Now I just stay away. Not that I don't have straight guy friends, but still, I stopped surrounding myself with people who could say that. The coming out experience should just be relief, But it's also, it is relief in a way, but there is like a whole new grieving process. And not in like a, oh, death in the family grieving, but a, how am I going to navigate this new life in this place where people really don't understand me? Mm -hmm. And I don't even like to say the word boyfriend still because I don't want people to judge me. And that's so hard. Like, I just prefer the term partner. And we're engaged. I don't even say fiance. It's like, yeah, my partner. Because it's so much easier than to have that like that weird stare from like that one person in the group or you know and yeah. and I don't even know if I've really thought about how I navigate that but I often wonder like is that feeling in my stomach ever really going to go away when I meet people who don't know me mm-hmm. and I don't know the answer to that I don't think it does I think that if people people in the LGBT community understood that better it would take more weight off of people that this is a constant process that never ends and make it easier, but it never ends. But I also think that if people like my family or any friends along the way who didn't understand and things like that could understand, this isn't fun. No one would choose to constantly have to say it or constantly have to worry if someone is going to give you a look or constantly have to worry if someone is going to say, oh, but you're too pretty to be gay. Does that piss you off? It does, depending on who it's coming from, because I think that people, they're not intending to be rude. It's like a really terrible backhanded compliment. And they're also verbalizing a process they're going through in their own mind of reconciling what they've seen typical gay people look like, in air quotes and what they're seeing in front of them. So sometimes I can reason through it, but other times it it does really bother me because that is such an insult also to other women who don't 
present femininity in the way that you think it should exist, that doesn't mean they're not beautiful. It's just different. They're presenting differently. So yes, it does make me mad most of the time. Before we met, I was Facebook stalking you earlier this week, and I saw that you posted a picture from a, was it a kickball game or a softball, softball. game? Softball, yes. I cannot tell you how jealous I am that you guys have, like, gay, sporting, like, intramural sports. And people here have to drive to New Orleans to yeah. do it. Yeah, and that's terrible. Because there's plenty of space down here where the fields could be utilized. It's almost like, how can we get things like that to happen here? And I don't have an answer for it. And I would love to move back here and be a starter of things like that. Something like getting a chapter for the sports league from the national organization and get it here and utilize a field and have people come together to play softball and to play kickball, volleyball, whatever people want to play and give that gathering space that's outside of going to a bar or outside of you know, whatever other activities there are. I say all the time when I'm here doing interviews and meeting new people that everything always seems to go back to the bar. It revolves around the bar because it's just all we've had. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I do have one thing that struck out to me and I'm going to play hardball with you for a second. You know, you said that you really liked that there was already an established centered LGBTQ community in Memphis. Mm -hmm. So what was more attractive about going there and kind of starting your life in adulthood versus coming to a place that you knew and like being part of that, of that good fight? That's a good question. First, I would say I would go back to the fact that people that I feel aren't comfortable with who I am still live here. And I don't want that pressure and that feeling that someone that I want to love me for who I am is not comfortable with who I am and does feel that shame. And so I didn't want to constantly have to fight that. The other answer is I wanted something that was ready made that I could jump into that I didn't have to fight to build. I took the easy way out, I guess. I took the ready-made community that I knew was more accessible instead of coming here and working to build that community. And it's something I grapple with all the time because I do wish that I had more courage to come here and help build a community and help get a sports league started here and be a resource and a community connector. And I know that it's something that I could be good at here, but I took the easy way out. I don't, I think you shouldn't be too hard on yourself because if there's one thing that I've learned from doing this and meeting all of these people from different places and different walks of life, something that I think people don't understand about being gay and being open and being part of the LGBTQ spectrum here in the South, anywhere in the Southern states, is that activism comes in every form because we have so far to go that every little thing is activism. Mm -hmm. Buying a ticket to a drag brunch is activism. Tagging yourself at a gay bar is activism. You know, coming on a podcast and like being vulnerable and talking about like pain points is activism. So 
I just don't think you have to like live here to make a difference. I think it's easy to do from wherever you are. And that's a really beautiful thing. Yeah, that's a really great point because I love it here. And I tell Rebecca all the time that I would be back here in a heartbeat. I just do, I love it here and I want to stay connected. And I love this state too. As hurtful as this state is to our community sometimes, it's like a bad relationship sometimes. Like it's a Taylor Swift song. Yes, it's like a Taylor Swift song. I love it. It's This state has made me who I am and has given me that activist personality and this want to change communities and this want to be a transformative leader. And I can only hope that everything I'm learning in Memphis and everything I'm still trying to do and trying to hold on to that connects me to Mississippi and to the coast will eventually inform me and arm me with enough knowledge to come back here and just like, and be like, I am back. <laughs> World. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> Have you ever been in a position, and I don't know if it might be different for you because of the area down here where you grew up, but I grew up in the kill. And there are still, I, there are still like, I'll be in group situations with friends I've known my entire life, but I will, I will shut down like around people that I don't know, just because I don't want to come across as too feminine, you know, or quote, air quote, too gay, because you don't know how those people are gonna react. And like, that's something that's really, that I've been really struggling with lately. Um, I don't know how to navigate that. That piece of what you just said, it resonates with me because I am totally comfortable with being out and about and proud all the time. I know that I come off that way, but that is not always the case. I have trouble being myself around people that I don't know even if it's with people I'm comfortable with, not that I'm worried about the way that they'll react necessarily or that I even care about what they think. I just don't want to deal with it. I don't want to have to stand up for myself. Or I don't want to have to explain to people. I just don't want it. Even though I'm very happy and comfortable with who I am and I'm so happy to be at the point I am with myself, I still feel that way though. I feel uncomfortable. Are you excited to be back home this weekend? Yes, I am, yeah. And I feel a little more comfortable every time I come back down here, but it is the first day is always like ripping a Band-Aid off. And it hurts like hell, and it just continues to sting. And I don't know if it'll go away while I'm here for the weekend, but sometimes it does. And I feel like every time I leave, I'm like, that was a little bit easier than the last time. Thanks to Shelby Peranich for sitting down with me and Amanda McCoy, Jordan Marie Smith, and David Coburn for producing this episode of Out Here in America. One quick announcement before we go. Hosting this show and hearing so many people talk about their remarkable journeys in life has been immensely important for me. In a few weeks, my own journey will be taking me away from the Biloxi Sun-Herald and sadly, this podcast. But we're not done just yet. We'll be back in two weeks with another story like this. And in the meantime, subscribe to Out Here in America on Apple Podcasts, Twitter, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Leave us a review. And we'll see y'all soon on Out Here in America. Out here in America.